Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. I would like to thank the patrons that make this possible. Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Robin Mims, Tim Demuse, Thomas Wayne Haley, and Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our tale to hear what these glorious people have in the works. But for now, let us listen. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z, uh, you all woke up, figured yes. out that you all had dreams, and Brock uh, left to go save his homeland from Duragar and uh, oppression. Uh, you are all now kind of scrambling about trying to get things together to move along on your quest and away from the Black Keep, leaving it in the capable hands of the silent seven acolytes and whatnot that are there to try and help take care of people. As these things have begun to, you know, culminate, is there anything anyone would like to do in particular? Shadow would just be going around saying goodbye to all the members from her temple. Uh, you would find upon uh, looking around that you can find uh, everybody except for three people. Those three people are Void, Winda, and Diara. She would she would not be happy if she could not find Void. She she'd be right up at Freedom. Where, where is my Void? Uh, he was here just a few minutes ago. Uh, I believe he was speaking with Winda and Diara. I didn't see which way they went. He does not want to say goodbye to me? I'm sure he does, but um, perhaps he is not. I've had a suspicion upon this venture of ours. What is Void ever in that you do not have some suspicion about? <laughs> I suppose that's fair. But I suspect he didn't come to help the people of the keep, per se. So what is he doing? Didn't he just run off? Uh, I don't think he's a runoff. Perhaps he's preparing. Ah, uh, as speak of... The devil? <laughs> yes. Uh, and as, as you turn to look, uh, Void, Winda, and Diara are all uh, coming around a corner at, or coming out of uh, one of the doors inside the keep. And uh, they all have traveling gear on. Boy, what do you think you're doing? I'm coming with you. Says who? This says me. But that is not the way this works. Is it not? I have a job and you have a job and freedom has a job and truth has a job and everybody has their own job. Yes, and maybe mine is helping you. Helping me to what? Finish yours. Do I look like I need help? Need? No. It might be helpful to have help, however. What is this about? It's about nothing. You could be out uh, saving the people and being a big hero and... 
And are we not going to be saving people and being heroes this way? Oh yes, but it is not the same. What isn't it? Not exactly. Well, nothing is exactly the same as anything else. You're just being you now. You are not answering things because you know you can get away with it and it is not fair. I think it's fair. Of course you do. That is what you'll do. You'll just decide things and you'll do not tell me shit and it is all right because it is just little Nisa. Who the hell cares, right? Is it not our own choice to make as well? And I'm not the only one, as you can tell. Yes, but they are my alkalites. They are taking vows and they, they, they work under me in a way. Uh, you do not. No, I do what I want. Obviously. So uh, you would not tell me what is going on here, the, the why behind it, because I choose to. Because I want to help. Okay. I cannot talk to you with you. There is nobody who can argue with you. You just win everything. What? You just win everything. Nobody can argue with you. It is an impossibility. I mean, you were just arguing with me. But it does no good. Because it's an argument you cannot win. That is a good question. So I will stop wasting my time. He looks a little smug. So she's just giving him this look. It's just like, be as smug as you want. I can still whoop your ass. So, uh, anything in specific from anyone else? Um, I did want to send some more messages to the Dryad Queen before we went. Uh, or, or to her general forest in the same manner that he did before. Okay. What do these messages say? It's, it's just a repeat of the same message, uh, with the exception that uh, it, it's showing that we're, we're headed to Storm Bluff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so he, he, I guess he's basically like journaling the journey to the Dryad Queen, just uh, saying, you know, again, I'm... Uh, a leaf chosen of the first oak and uh, I'm in need of help uh, we're trying to make right with the world and uh, I, I'm hoping that we might speak on the matter and he said uh, we're, we're heading uh, to Storm Bluff and uh, that's where you can find me for the foreseeable future alright and high or low? Uh, high all right. That's for my notes. That's fine. Um, I, I think, like, going forward, uh, just like every night that he spends uh, without any particular kind of action, like if he's not dumping it in on heal spells after a combat or something, I think he's just going to start, like, sending one of these off uh, every night. Okay. Let me put down a note here. So with, with the animal messengers, you're not really aware of whether or not the uh, message was successfully delivered or not, but you're doing Correct. a good job of uh, kind of just sending again and again and again and again. It's it's basically like the forest equivalent of a DDoS attack. Yeah. <laughs> so may, may, maybe later there will be something about that, but not right now. We'll, we'll put that up because things do still have to get places. Yeah, of course, but I, I thought like over, over the course of the the last two weeks that you know, hey, maybe that one letter was insufficient. 
So uh, play to the numbers, I guess. That was very fair. And, and I, I want to say from a meta standpoint, good, good choice. <laughs> because your original message didn't make it. <laughs> Oof, okay. Not, not that like she's obligated to help us, even if it does get received. But we'll see. Leaf's a smooth talker. Yeah, there's a lot of things out there that goes, hmm, a bird. That's food. <laughs> rather, <laughs> rather violently. It, it didn't even make it away from the caravan. Just Craig Malkin's <laughs> hunting down all my messages. <laughs> I, I told y'all, Craig Malkin's the big bad. I send them off in pairs. One's a distraction. <laughs> uh, <but clears throat> so, uh, we got that lined up for Leaf. Anything for Riley? Uh, Riley has to uh, round up Nina, I believe, and make travel plans known to her, since I don't think she was uh, filled in on the uh, brevity of the situation. Um, but once he does that, his uh, plan is to basically pack up his belongings, and then he's going to just kind of spend some time um, uh, practicing his uh, practicing with his blade um, in private. So I would also like to point out that you also have a Petunia Pebble Hopper that you've forgotten about. I've forgotten uh, about her. She just hasn't really said anything. Well, that's because she doesn't speak common. <laughs> Y'all have yeah. to go to a halfling to speak to her. I, I just assumed that she was uh, nestled in the bosom of Daria or Diara. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's not quite that small. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, then I will uh, move the quarterling up to my side of the notes instead of the seventh side Let's just uh pop you up here then since you're mine <laughs> <laughs> yes. she is. she's um, level one commoner yeah great yeah, maybe we'll have to teach anita how to speak halfling or maybe i'll just learn it how to be speak done. halfling quarter like common oh that's too easy though <laughs> Yeah, okay, so uh, Riley will have to round up Nina and, I guess, Petunia, <laughs> since that's a thing, and uh, make sure that they prepare themselves, and then he'll get himself ready and then practice the swords for a while. All right. And before the day is done, you are all coalesced and prepared. There's... You have your carts. Uh... Ekron, Into, uh, Void, Winda, Daria, Petunia, Nina, and Rousseau. Uh, and uh, along with Rousseau, of course, Winifred. Yes. I mean, who? His name is Mr. Owlman. <laughs> Mr. Owlman. At the end of the day, you all set out, headed west to Stormblood. Along the long path in which uh, you originally traveled to the Black Keep and to Thorn. The road is much the same, definitely a little less wet, a little less soggy, uh, given that the rain is a little less um, pervasive at the moment. It's still there, but sporadic, not constant. Uh, 
And I think something I want to try is that there's an evening in which y'all are all kind of set up for camp and whatnot. There ain't shit happening. Uh, maybe talking about things, unpacking kind of what's happened this whole time in a less constrained uh, situation where there's other things that need to happen and whatnot. The thing you want to try is talking between characters? Yes. <laughs> okay, you, I yeah. have to talk to them? <laughs> you didn't tell me this when I signed the contract. Well, you didn't sign a contract, so... <laughs> oh, well, shit. Okay, I guess I'll talk to him. <laughs> if we have to. Three. <laughs> <laughs> I have defeated the contract. <laughs> by not making it. Man, I was just going to sit here quietly and drink wine for the rest of the night. Damn you, Sean, forcing me to roleplay in this tabletop RPG. God, I'm furious right now. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, I'll play into this. Here's the question. Here's the important question. Do the characters have a bottle of wine? Sure. Yes, Russo has a bottle of wine that he has produced from seemingly nowhere. Yeah, it was in the owl, wasn't it? God. <laughs> Or maybe he just has wine caches all throughout the forest. That'd be amazing. I'd buy into that. Okay, well, see, what I'm hearing is Chris is on because Riley likes to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, actually, I was going to say the, the, the setup to this meeting could probably or would start by me, Chris, saying that um, since we started traveling on the road again, it might steadily become more apparent as the days and nights pass that uh, Riley's probably not really as talkative as he um, usually is <laughs> to be honest I know right <laughs> Shadow is worried yeah that's fair but since the uh, DM has forced us into role play I think <laughs> <laughs> if y'all want to fight something, I can fucking throw monsters at you. Oh, we can RP more. That's fine. Um, I think maybe like a day or two into the trip, um, maybe just when you're starting to realize, oh, hey, Riley, really? It, I, What is this? Is it silence that I'm hearing? Why isn't Riley talking? So like maybe a couple of days into our trip, Riley will during camp um, probably I, I'm thinking gather up uh, Leaf and Shadow uh, specifically um, uh, approaching each of them saying I, I think uh, we should have a brief meeting to discuss some things of import and uh, away from the others even though I know we're not traveling with a huge huge crowd these days but maybe meeting in the, uh, the, the wagon thing <laughs> over some not burnt tea Okay, uh, tea sounds sounds lovely. Uh, I'll get the pot on. Great. So, uh, setting up, Riley will sit down and say, I've been considering our journey for some time, even before these uh, uh, the most recent brush with weird dreams. And I think that I would like to approach once again what the end game looks like for ourselves. Um, especially considering that the guild has lost a consider considerable number of members, and that's the three of us. Um, 
our entire journey boils down to the three of us. We will have to make a choice at some point. Which idols go where. And my standpoint, the things I know, the things I'm aware of are limited, to be honest. And the big reason why I asked you both here is because I would like to ask you in your professional opinion and as far as that goes what a world where your patron has grand power over what does that world look like that is not uh, difficult to to tell you for uh, the black butterfly Uh, freedom is very important to her that people have freedom to make choices for themselves and not uh, have others uh, enslave them or, or control their lives in that way. And uh, truth is very important to her in the sense that uh, a person cannot know what is right for them if they do not know themselves. So it is important to, to uh, spend time with yourself, uh, knowing your own inner truth in order to make the decisions that are best for you. So I think if she were in charge, uh, a priority would be freeing the peoples of this world that lives in uh, enslaved manners. Interesting. Though I wonder if freedom's a core tenets of the black butterfly, you know, the freedom to be and think and all of those fun things, what conflicts would arise from a world that is ruled by such freedoms? Well, there, there is always some conflict, I suppose. Um, it is not to say that she would say people just thought or run wild. Uh, she is a, a good person. And uh, she believes in certain, uh, I guess you say, uh, moral tenets that uh, there are things that we should not do to each other. They are just mean and cruel. Um, so I don't think she would like want to abolish government or something like that necessarily. Um, but there are many places in this world where people are not uh, free to pursue their lives and I think that that would be important to her to change that I see it sounds it all sounds very philosophical as if the entire thing's built up on beliefs and uh, internal structures and Forming one's behaviors. I do not know. Do you know about the Azatas? No, not at all. Okay, so she is kind of one of them. And overall, they believe that uh, when possible, you should inspire people to work towards their own freedom, to to make their world right. And uh, you only interfere if they are not capable. If uh, 
the forces over them are so strong that the common people cannot stand up and make the changes that are necessary. That is kind of where I come in. Within your community, the people who follow and worship and believe in the tenets of the Black Butterfly, is there a lot of conflict amongst your people? Um, only between my brother and Void. And that is not uh, so much that their ideals are are so so opposed to each other. There is still a little opposition, but they they have always gotten along in the past. The Void and the Truth. Uh, most of that conflict is because of Nisa. It has nothing to do with our teammates. Uh, I, I think it takes Riley a moment to um, like thought process his way through that. Um, but I, I think he gets there after a moment or two and uh, he'll nod an affirmation. I suppose to that extent, if there's uh, just amongst you, the followers of the Black Butterfly, if there's not a lot of internal struggle that stems from the belief system or any of that, what adversaries do you find out in the world? Who do you well, oppose? Typically, if there are like uh, monsters or bandits or something that uh, stop travelers on the road from being safe, um, that the locals, for whatever reason, cannot deal with. We we deal with that a lot. Uh, that is primarily what we get called for. But I am the shadow. I am a high priestess, yes. But I am also known as the invisible blade of the black butterfly. When there are tyrants that are so strong and powerful and so well protected that uh, the people cannot get to them themselves and they cannot find a way to to come out from underneath them, then they will be giving a mark and I will know the mark and I will sense it and I must follow it and use my skills to eliminate the oppressor. And it is not done very, very often because it most of the time people can handle things themselves but uh sometimes you get the entity that is just too strong normal people so yeah most of them they just deal with keeping the world safe and uh helping people who are fighting for themselves but that that is not my job so you've acted in the capacity of an assassin before no i've never been uh called to do it in my lifetime or in as shadow Anyhow, uh, the situation has not come up. And in fact, fact, the last two shadows have not been needed to do this. Um, It is a a rare circumstance, but I must always be ready if needed. I suppose that says a lot for uh, the state of affairs in the world then. That no one needs to have called upon an assassin to eliminate a tyrant or an overlord or anyone ruling. The biggest block of slavery that we have heard of, it is... uh, run by the Church of Asmodeus, and even I cannot take on the whole Church of Asmodeus. 
Yes, I suppose not. Well, it all seems very idealistic and good-natured, I suppose. At least phrased the way you've said it. Um, I admit a lot of what you said are things that I enjoy believing in. Things that I have believed in. And which is... is not surprising. Caden is friends with her, you know? Well, then perhaps it's fate that we're in each other's company. But I do not know Mr. Goldthorsch's God. I... It has not been in any of my books. Yes, uh, unless Leaf has any other questions for you, I, I think that I would like to pose the same question to him. Uh, I wouldn't imagine the first oak would be in any books read by people these days. Uh, certainly he's a concept older than most, still breathing on Eterna these days. Uh, and it's it's not necessarily what I picture of a world that's run specifically uh, by nature, by the first oak, but it's more that I shudder to think of a world that lacks his presence. I've seen that world uh, in my dream last night bereft of plants and water and creatures a wasteland and I, I don't think anyone would survive that it's not the land of plenty that we've we've come to know until this travesty's hit us so for the sake of future generations uh, I, I fight for the placement of nature on this competition, on these totems, on these spires. So the Great Oak is a representation of all the natural elements of the world, plants, animals, elements. Have, have you been to a land that lacks plants and animals? I've just been to a land deficient in them <laughs> but not lacking not entirely no I think it is about more than just uh, they are needed for survival the, the nature that is where the true beauty comes from and a life without beauty is not worth living either oh uh, I, I think beauty comes secondary uh, to having food and drink for most at least uh, but it is certainly another facet to why nature is so necessary right but just as there's cruelty to the civilized world there's also cruelty to nature too you think not intentional I suppose I su maybe cruelty was a poor choice of words but uh, there is a destructive element Anyways. The way of the green teaches us of the cycles of nature. Something dies so that other things may live. 
they nourish the next generation. The strong grow stronger, and the weak feed the next generations, and on and on. It's not cruelty. It's the cycle that we've all known since the beginning. And I've yet to see anyone put forward a, a better alternative. There's ways to cultivate this cycle in ways that result in more peaceful lives for those inhabiting it. It's the tenets that I've lived my life by. I, I think uh, of all the endings that are out there for the people that are fighting, I think one with nature leading the spire might be a gentle one. Freedom always told us when we were children that uh, teenager, she does not have a good intent or ill intent. She just is. It's up to, it's up to us to cultivate the direction. Yeah, there is no malice in her, but there is also uh, no uh, drive for something better necessarily. Nature just is what it is. What is nature if not to drive to be better? The runt of the pack is, is eaten first. Not to say that that's the best way of doing things, but it's ever in flux. You go into the deep woods and see the variety of plants, animals changing every year. It's extraordinary. Even if it's just uh, the creatures you see in your backyard or even climbing uh, amongst the cracks and crevices of the Vardo. I admit I have not spent much time among nature. Uh, I have not been out of the temple very much at all since I was 14. And even now you spend quite a bit of time in your room. Yes, because that is the where the shrine is, and I have uh, I have to spend a good amount of time in prayer and meditation uh, out here, away from well, away from my brother. That is uh, that is kind of how I keep myself centered. So maybe one one of these days uh, I can join you in meditation in your room, and then maybe on some days you might join in meditation amongst nature. We might learn from each other. I think that is a very good idea. It is always a good thing to learn. Well, if um, you're satisfied with my take on the future in the hands of nature, what is it that you see in your deity, Riley? Uh, Riley gives you a like a wry smile and a shrug and says I'm not sure I was never a God-fearing man in fact a lot of this has been uh, forced upon me in uh, admitted ig ignorance of the whole situation my meeting with him was brief my studies of him even briefer um, and it's for those reasons 
that I would be unable to say with any confidence that Caden's idol should stand higher than either of yours. Well, I admittedly do not know Caden nearly as well as I know my own goddess, uh, but I know lots of people have different views on him and his way of things. But I tend to think of him as a god who wants everybody to have reason to be happy and joyful. I cannot say in what way he would want to bring that about. But he seems to like uh, these celebrations, you know? Yes, and a world should have those, I suppose. Yes. I think happiness is very important because you can be in the very worst of circumstances and if you will stop and breathe and just adjust to yourself, you can see little things still that bring happiness and those are what give you a reason to fight on. And maybe at the end of the day, that's what's more or less all of this is about, the opportunity to pursue happiness. Whether it's through uh, the freedom to do as you please, through the appreciation of the natural order of the world, or I suppose getting pissed drunk at a bar. But even with this lack of conviction and your God's cause, uh, you still believe that he should be owed a place on one of the spires? If only for the fact that he imbued me with the capabilities to assist the two of you to succeed and potentially save the world I owe him that much and I would have to place some degree of faith in a god who had that much faith in me I can promise you he is a good man he has friends with all the, the gods of Elysium I have no reason to doubt that. Don't take this as, as naysaying, but I, I've known many good men over my years, and there's still a very large portion of them that I wouldn't trust with the lives of so many. It's, it's a lot of weight that we're carrying. We must make sure we put it behind those who can use it well. I agree. And honestly, as someone who never really put faith in the gods before, if I do not put some degree of faith in Caden and his role in all of this, then I cannot rightfully put faith from my standpoint in either of your gods as well. And I think me abstaining from this adventure and from pursuing success is not a great option. Well, I can say with certainty that as, as little as I know about Cade, uh, compared to some of the other creatures roaming the lands, I would much rather see him atop a spire. So I'll support you in this. Thank you. And I suppose that's what this really comes down to, is that for me, uh, this is 
much less a contest of the gods and more of a contest of my belief in the people around me. The belief that I surround myself with companions of good intents, of good ideals, and that people such as you would not follow gods of ill intents, would not follow unworthy gods to have some strong sway in the world. And for those reasons are why I would like to see the two of you reign as high as possible on the spire when this is all over. Well, I think that uh, the Black Butterfly would greatly appreciate that. Uh, I will do what I have been tasked to do because, well, really because I have no choice in the matter because of my own set of vows. Uh, there are things that I cannot stray from. But uh, for me, this is all about getting home. I will do as she asks so I can get home. Sounds oddly restrictive for something that was preaching about freedom. Most of our followers do not have such restrictions, Mr. Morhang. But when you are one of the Silent Seven, you represent a, a piece of her. And so you must be true to that. Uh, we take vows that uh, no one else ever taken her name. And they are very serious and sometimes they are very hard to carry. But uh, this is this is just the way it is. Uh, you cannot uh, you cannot portray the best of somebody else if uh, you are restrained from it constantly. Then perhaps one day I'll grow to fully understand the extents of the position you find yourself in. But uh, uh, I am still trying to understand some of it. Revelation and bullshit from my brother. Then we're in luck. You and I can learn together. But I think at this point, the question to be asked is between the two of you, Shadow and Leaf, were we to succeed in our mission? Who would take the higher place? I must try for it. Uh, but I have to do so in a way that I do not... Uh, well, unless somebody is evil, of course. <laughs> I do not... Uh, bring harm to them in trying to get there. I think of it more as like a race from the bottom of the spire to the top. <laughs> well, that's certainly unfair, Shadow, if it's a race. <laughs> but, uh, not necessarily, because we do not know what uh, what is inside the towers, what we might face. Uh, Riley nods, and he'll uh, look at Leaf and just kind of like open his arms and say... Are you willing to compete with Shadow for the top spots, or can we settle this ahead of time? I don't know. Uh, I can't speak to the character of your respective deities. I, I only know the years of uh, knowing that have been granted by mine, and still I wouldn't put it uh, above others, given... App justification. 
I think that there's still many steps along the journey uh, that can settle my thoughts on the matter. As is now, I think uh, upon reaching the pinnacle of the spire and having the opportunity to place our totems, the pieces should fall as they lay. But perhaps uh, a changing of opinions can happen in the future. That is true for all of us, I think, because we have a very long way to go. Yes, still worth discussing intents and plans. All if- I can say for sure that I know is that uh, before I ever lay hands on my idol, I have to first come to terms with something in my past. And I do not even know what it is I need to come to terms with. Well, if it's a question of uh, treachery uh, during the last few feet of the race, uh, you can expect me uh, to abstain from such things. Yes, I do not believe in uh, treachery, as you say. Uh, I believe in good, clean, honest competition <laughs> that uh, brings no harm to anyone. Then until, or unless minds can be made up otherwise, I will do all of my power to ensure that you two have the opportunity to settle things, however you see fit at the end. That said, considering the time frame we find ourselves in and what has already transpired, um, unless it's been assumed otherwise, I'm beginning to think that our best bet would be to gather up all of our individual idols and seek out one spire and settle up there instead of splitting ourselves between two. I think that should be our at least immediate goal or long run goal anyways. Well, surely when we uh, obtain the last of the, the idols, we will be closer to one spire than the other. And we should pursue that with all we have at that point. I I must admit, I am a little uh, apprehensive, is the word I think, um, about uh, seeing the sunshine again. So uh, I know that uh, you say that you are from that side of the world. Um, but that, that scares me, okay? So uh, you have to, if we were to do this together, you have to promise that uh, you will watch after me over there. Shadow, if you can be my eyes in the darkness, I can be your eyes in the light. Okay, I have only seen the sunshine one time and it burns so bad. Oh, with luck, perhaps we can find something to make that less of an issue for you. Um, I know that Leaf is rather creative with a variety of things. Perhaps he could figure out something. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps sunblock lotion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Also, Leaf, how long has the tea been on the stove? It, uh, am I smelling something charring? Quiet, you. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even know how you burn liquid. It's bizarre. Look, man, I've got it down to a science at this point. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't think you've much to fear from the sunny side of Eterna. While the night has the potential to hide a knife, and the day has the potential to reveal it, a knife is still a knife, and so the dangers that we face don't really change wherever we may go. And I think no matter what it is, uh, whatever scary parts of the world that are out there, I can't think of uh, anyone else who I'd rather face them alongside. Yes, as far as friendship is concerned, this has been a lucrative journey. It has been nice to go outside the temple and meet people who are also very nice and who I do not have to be afraid of. So I hope though, once the idols are placed and you all go to your homes and be settled in things that I will get to come and visit you. Shadow, if everything works out, my adventuring days will not stop once this business with the gods is over. Well, I don't know. You have not asked Miss Victoria what she wants to do. Have you Suppose considered getting a boat? <laughs> Actually, that has not crossed my mind, no. Um, though I vaguely considered it for our travels from Storm Bluff uh, to the other side of the world, but with the news about Brock, well, we might be better traveling by land just so we can cross through his homeland. Mm. As long as we're talking about traveling together, though, there is something I think I should go ahead and address. Because uh, when I get to the portal, I have to take uh, Ikrin through, and uh, we will be in the uh, shadow plane. And I must take him to a very sacred site. And uh, people who are not KL cannot really be there. So. I do not know if y'all wish to travel through the Chateau Plain and just wait on the outskirts of the sacred site, or if you wish to wait in Storm Bluff for us to return. Do you have reason to expect danger? Well, this the Chateau Plain, there is always danger. Uh, most of it I, I can handle. Uh, I do not have to worry about the whole lot. And of course, uh, if something so big and bad is around the corner. There is always the room that we can pop into it and wait it out. Uh, so I think I can get him there safely enough. I suppose if we're going to act as a uh, cohesive fellowship, that it wouldn't be Fitz, Leaf, and myself to sit idly by while you partake any quest that could have uh, any degree of danger. As long as he and I have no other affairs to tend to, which, to be honest, in Storm Bluff, my affairs are limited. So, I guess I, it's, uh, 
it is just one of those things it is not that I am trying to be rude but the the holy sites they they belong to to uh, people of the shadow plane and it is very important that this ritual works because Ekron is the one that can help me uh, track down this dragon and I I am afraid that I would compromise that by bringing people there who are not connected to the site. Oh, the largest concern I have down that way would be my brother. Yes, that's crossed my mind too, Leaf. So uh, you and I can certainly check on him. Um, hopefully he's doing well. And if there's nothing else pressing without stepping into the uh, holy sites that Shadow has referenced, we can at least assist her with whatever she needs. Shouldn't take long. I did not know you had a brother. I have quite an extended family. And you you kind of see, like, his face scrunch up a little bit as, uh, as though maybe he's not exactly comfortable talking about it. Brothers are good things. They make mistakes, but they are good things. Just the one, thankfully. Well, now I have two because I told Mr. Morheim that he could be our part of our family. So he is my brother also. <laughs> oh. Do you uh, want to this... be our brother too? <laughs> he, he just kind of looks over and he says, well, if, uh, if you've been adopted, does that mean your name's going to be changing? We're going to have to sew new cloaks. <laughs> Impossible. The name is bound to my soul, unfortunately. <laughs> Unless you're willing to drain me of blood and replace it with something else, the name stays. I am of the opinion that the girl could not have too many big brothers. Well, uh, I'm certainly happy to join. As long as there's no rituals involved. <laughs> no, no rituals. Uh, my big brothers are just the people that I know will keep me safe. Oh, you can count on us for this. Yes, we weren't intending to go anywhere or do anything otherwise. But also, uh, try not to get in danger. No, it is not something I try to do. It is just that uh, it seems that sometimes bad things happen. I don't know. Uh, perhaps it is because I had to grow up in a way that prepared me for this or something. I. I have never been one to believe in destiny, but now I've been told that there are prophecies about me. So, who knows? You have prophecies? Evidently. My brother, <laughs> for a long time, uh, now he has had these dreams. They do not tell him everything, but they tell him some things and whatnot. And he knew that I was going to grow up and have to go on this adventure and be separated from him. And he never bothered to tell me any of this, of course, because he knows better than me. So, yeah, this is a thing. It's quite a weight to carry for so long. Yes, and I am kind of upset, but I cannot be really mad because he always does what he thinks is best for me, and he thought he was protecting me. But it, uh, it was difficult to hear that uh, he laid out a path before me for my entire life based on some dreams that he had without really consulting me. That was this truth? Yes. I mean, to be fair to him, I was just a child myself and probably could not make good decisions, but still. 
It is something I would have liked to have known beforehand to prepare for. But this is what it is, right? There's no changing the past. No, but the future will be different because I have decided he will not uh, make decisions for me. <laughs> Thank us. He can give his advice, but I can get advice elsewhere too, and then I can decide for myself. I think as uh, the the conversation starts getting slightly more sparse, uh, Leaf just kind of like reaches down to to like one of the cabinets, and uh, as as you know, we're we're going back and forth. He just starts fiddling with like a triangular piece of wood and some string, just uh, you know, absent-mindedly as as everyone's talking. Yes, and Riley will eventually get tired of Leaf uh, ignoring the teapot on the flames and will uh, <laughs> remove it from there before the tea burns even more. I, I thought you liked your lemon pepper tea uh, extra dark. <laughs> Hyper concentrated. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> lemon pepper gravy at this point. Oh, Leaf, this is amazing. You evaporated all the water out of my tea. Now it's just leaves again. That's great. That's how I like it. <laughs> it's it's basically like lemon pepper bouillon at that point huh interesting scrape it together and snort it <laughs> yeah we all get lemon pepper lit off snorting lemon pepper bouillon <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, like I imagine, like Lee fiddles with that as the conversation uh, begins getting a little sparse, I guess. And Riley will uh, tend to the tea that might not actually be burning by this point, and he'll pour everyone a cup. And I almost imagine that there's this uh, nice serene moments where we just kind of drink tea in each other's company for a little bit, uh, maybe not super long, but you know, just like one of those moments where you're like with people you're comfortable with you don't really feel like you have to say something you know the silence is good for a little bit and the tea is great and everyone's wondering what the fuck leaf is doing with the piece of string and triangular piece of wood <laughs> but they're just letting him be him because they know he's gonna do something with it they're just not sure what yet <laughs> and i mean I, I guess he's just uh fiddling with it and he, he just kind of like offhandedly says uh, do you think we'll ever see Adira again? I have no idea. Honestly. I mean there are two points in the world at which people of our sorts will eventually converge. So it's almost like a 50-50. And I don't know what's to come of such a meeting, if it were to transpire. It's a good point. But, it, but then again, I suppose it's all about timing. Yes, and she has quite the head start on us. As does Victoria and her allies and most of the others in our positions. Do you think the time we've spent has been wasted? I would like to think not. Then perhaps uh, we're not as far behind as you might think. 
Riley takes a slow sip of tea <laughs> and maybe diverts his gaze a little bit, but uh, he'll offer no follow-up. And I, I, I think it's it's at that point the little triangle of wood snaps, and he he kind of lets out a uh, sigh of relief, I guess, just <sighs> finally. And uh, he 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 just like looks down at the shattered piece of wood and uh, says, um, "It was a few nights ago we." Uh, I, I sat down with Zershan and was trying to think of a few nice things to do for everyone uh, while you were out uh, digging and gathering wood and so on. Um, this is apparently a, a toy from her culture. I hadn't quite figured it out up until this point, uh, but I don't think you're supposed to play this one one person at a time. Uh but I, I had some, some drums and food and these little trinkets. They didn't get put to much use. It seems everyone was quite tired. So, been very tense lately, I think. I did not know much about playing Mr., uh, games, Mr. Goldrush. But I do remember that I promised you an explanation. And uh, if you want to hear it, I guess I could tell you now. Uh, is there is no reason that Mr. Morham should not be included. Well, by all means. Well, it is actually quite simple. Um, I, I have said before that uh, Mama died when we were very young, yes. But uh, I was eight. And uh, we were attacked on on the world in the Shadow Plains. And she uh, threw my brother and I into the Shadow Walk so that we could get away. And when we fell out, we fell out in the sunshine. We fell out of this world, not ours. And uh, the sun, it burned her skin and it hurt our eyes. And we were alone and scared for more than a day before Grandmama tracked us down. And uh, so from that point on, we were never apart from each other at all. We never out of the same room, always together, always within about 10 feet of each other. From that time until I turned 16. And that is the first time we were ever more than 10 feet from each other, and we had to be in separate rooms. But still, we were in the temple, we were in the same building, and uh, never have we been more than two or three rooms away from each other at any given time in our lives. Until the day that the black butterfly called me up. And that is the reason Freedom was uh, hesitant to speak in front of me about such thing, is because while I, I think most of them uh, believe that I am capable, they also worry that uh, without him, 
I might uh, not be able to handle everything on my own. And they are afraid that if I am reminded of him, that uh, it will be too upsetting for me. They, they like to say that uh, it was due to trauma that we are so close and that uh, things do not naturally evolve that way. And so they are afraid of what will happen with us apart. But now you're forbidden from seeing each other. Not completely. Um, we cannot travel together or stay with each other for any extended period of time. He actually plans to be at the holy place so that uh, he can stand guard during the ritual, but as soon as it is over, he will leave again. Uh, it would seem that uh, the black butterfly wants us to learn to stand on our own two feet. Well, I, I hope you'll make uh, your short time together count. But that is why they whisper when uh, they talk about such things. Because so we lost Mama and then we lost Papa. And uh, well, that is from freedom and Malias adopted us. But uh, we were never apart, ever. And they do not worry about him as much as they do me because he is Mr. Paladin, so he is nice and strong, yes? Do you resent these decisions? I am upset because if I had known, if I had been told the things of this prophecy, I feel like I likely would have chosen a different path, that I would have made room for somebody that uh, that did not have the uh, issues that I, I have, I guess you would say, that uh, instead of a high priestess, I would simply be a normal priestess, a missionary, um, that I would not carry the burdens that I carry so much and while I love my goddess and I am happy to serve her it is upsetting to know that uh, some of these choices were made for me and I like I said I think he had the best intentions but uh, it is hard to make decisions for somebody else you do not know what they think or feel no matter how close you are to them And agency seems to be uh, something of import to your faith. Yes. So it's understandable to feel like that was taken away from you to some degree. And he still, he does not mean to, I do not think, but uh, he still does this to some degree. He does not like Void and I being friends because he thinks that uh, Void will only... Uh, hurt me in the long run because of what he represents and that uh, he does not want him in my life and he is upset that uh, I choose otherwise 
I suppose sometimes even best intentions can be cutting. So it is a hard time right now because I miss him more than anything, but I am upset with him at the same time. So everybody whispers quietly behind my back. I suppose that would drive me uh, or give me no end of turmoil, to be honest. I don't know, Mr. Morheim. I choose to think that uh, the Black Butterfly, she would not say do this job, but she did not think I could do it. And so I have to believe that I am capable of making decisions for myself, that I can get that right. Sounds like a test of faith, I suppose. But I, I think that uh, there may be times I have to ask the two of you things and and get some guidance from people who are not trying to direct my path, but just uh, see me happy. I think that's what friends are for <laughs> in the long run. Uh, comfort when it can be found nowhere else. Comfort and understanding, I suppose. But I do not want any more sad stories, so you can tell me now of Miss Victoria. <laughs> um, I fear that the only words that I can think of regarding Victoria these nights are with regard to our brief meeting in my dream from the other night. It turns out we were able to communicate for but a brief moment. And the things that she and the people she travels with are experiencing are simil similarly difficult and horrific to the things that we have encountered. From what I hear, it turns out that the world itself isn't particularly in such a great state. So, Shadow, I apologize if you seek happier, more joyous stories. I think that I'm fresh out for the time being. I do not know. I think this is a happy story because you got to see her and she is well. And that means she is a strong woman and she is holding her own. True. But at the same time, to know someone that you deeply care for is experiencing something so terrible. It is true. But uh, even when before the world broke, there were terrible things in this world. And it is when we are faced with those that our true character shines through. So I think she must be very strong and I do not want to fight with her. <laughs> yes, uh, well, I hope it doesn't come to that. Certainly. And I doubt it would. Uh, I, I think in the silence that kind of falls there, um... Riley just like takes another sip of the tea. It's he probably only drank like half of the cup at this point, and um, he he just kind of nods and sets the tea cup down, and he'll uh, stand up and say, um, I, "I think that I've accomplished the things that I wanted to by bringing us together tonight." And uh, to be honest, I'm feeling rather fatigued. So if you don't mind, I'm going to excuse myself for the evening. I hope you sleep well. He just kind of nods and uh, quietly bids the two of you a good evening. Good night, Riley. You as well, Leaf. And so Riley goes off to bed. 
Yes. Uh, he probably doesn't go to sleep. Uh, I imagine it's like, you know, lay out the bedroll, lay down, uh, cover the face with uh, the blanket or something and just kind of meditate, I guess, or just think, mull over some things, just exist quietly for some time. Okay. Anything in particular that uh, you'd like to share about his thoughts or? Um, uh, you know what? Uh, actually, what he probably does first is he probably lays down and actually does what I just said. But after a few minutes, he'll probably sit up and write a little bit in his uh, journal just to uh, scribe some of the thoughts he's having. Um, maybe uh, probably write another entry to Victoria, um, not necessarily because he wants to write this entry to Victoria. I mean, obviously he would want to talk to her and tell her things, but um, it's probably at this point fueled more by habit. Um, something that he normally does every few nights and it just feels like the right thing to do, even if he's not like necessarily emotionally motivated to do that this evening. Um, but uh, Riley's thoughts, um, which have hopefully been portrayed through conversation and how I've been portraying Riley tonight um, are, are somber, are heavy and honestly I think the overwhelming feeling that Riley's going through is just being tired you know he, he's thinking about a lot of things a lot of different angles a lot of his early adventuring stuff you know when he left Solaria, when he met up with everyone when he formed the guild was uh, you know today I'm going to wake up and be a hero you know, I'm going to be a hero and live up to my father's name and find the girl I love. And that's going to be great. But uh, it turns out that just aiming to be a hero is significantly more complicated. And um, he's beginning to realize that he's not going to be able to be a hero in the capacity that he had initially wanted to. Um, that there's just not enough time or capability to solve all of the world's problems in one go, I suppose. And it's thoughts like that that just keep him up for a while. So with this sort of somewhat more dour outlook that uh, has, has sunk in, uh, you write your journal and uh, our... Uh, Leaf and Shadow doing anything else for the evening? Uh, I think just probably doing the finishing touches on packing up the Fardo, but that's it. I think Shadow is, for the most part, she's just occupying herself. Uh, like when she leaves the Fardo, she'll, she'll probably actually go look for Mr. Owlman to see if she can pet the owl or some shit. She is actively avoiding Void. She's mad at him. Okay. I think he, uh, I think he probably, uh, gives you, gives you space. Um, he, he's always been annoyingly adept at, uh, at letting you, uh, ha have your time and stuff. So even if there's like a sort of like, well, I'd rather you, uh, come talk to me sort of thing. Uh, in the moment, he he seems to let you get through what you're getting through, most generally. Yeah, but I'm just saying, she mad at him. She is tired of people not telling her things. He he makes sure that 
and you you can tell this is probably more void than Ezra, but he makes sure that you see him here and there, but at the same time, you know, it gives you your space, gives you time. Well, it's kind of difficult to miss the six foot, eight inch tall man. I mean, I guess that's fair. And Winda and Diara, uh, you know, they, they, they tend to you a lot. Speaking with you, conversing about the path ahead and if you need anything from them. Yeah, like, she'll hang out with them. She'll hang out with Ekron. She's just avoiding him. Okay. With with that avoidant, I suppose that it extends to sleeping, so he would be not in the room then. Oh, yeah. No, she, she ain't taking him up in there. Okay. And I think with that, the night will pass, and the group begins to travel on again in the morning, heading for Storm Bluff. And that is where we will leave it. Hi there, my name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian. I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. Good day. This is Dick Horney. Inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler. Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into... Elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Duster's Podcast on Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? 
We had an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had... Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? (laughs) LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. You can also join us in the high. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the hive. That's our Discord. Link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on sonerdware.com. And find us on Twitter at Eldritch Dream, at Eternapy, and at Dustress Podcast.